Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. Wow, what a great morning, what a great crowd here today. Those of you watching online, we got people watching from uh, Tennessee, North Carolina, Washington State, and um, here in Florida, we're just so glad. Father's House, would you welcome those that are watching online today? <coughs> it's an exciting time. We have a group of campers that'll be going off to camp this week and talking about uh, getting their dreams together. I think we've got about 35 campers plus staff that's going. So if you're going to camp this week as a camper or staff, would you stand? We want to pray for you. Okay, we've got a few here. Uh, All right. Well, we had three campers in the first and about four or five in this one. So I don't know where the rest of them are AWOL. So I guess we have to say, if you don't come to church, you don't go to camp. How's that? All right. Hey, let's pray for those that are going to camp. It's going to be an amazing day. Would you stretch forth your hand? Father, we pray today for those that are going to camp. Lord, I know that going to camp, you spoke to me about dreams in my own life. And Lord, I believe that as they go, that you will lead them and guide them, be with the staff, uh, be with uh, the traveling time and protection and all of that. And Lord, we pray today as we look again into the dreams that you would anoint today. Help me, Lord, to say what you want me to say. Don't let me to say anything I shouldn't say in your name. Amen. Well, if you have your Bible today, your iPhone, your iPad, whatever you use, let's make this confession today, can we? This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today, I receive the Word. I confess. Heart is receptive. Amen. Hey, I got a a story today I want to read. Another one of our great people who uh, had a dream and God began leading them off in their dream and uh, the challenges that they went through. Uh, You got to know that no matter what your dream is, you're going to have setbacks and challenges, but it's to those who uh, endure, to those who finish that they fulfill their dream. So it says, as a kid, my family didn't go to church often, but God's word never goes unnoticed. At a very young age, at one church visit, I got a calling. I knew that I was supposed to help heal people. At that moment, my dream was born. I recognized it. I confess, I didn't know how that was going to happen, but I held on to that word and the teaching about helping people that I could be a servant like Jesus. When I started my college career, my dad had a heart attack. So my mom, who was a teacher, sustained us and gave us words of faith by example, and I held on to those. We didn't have a lot of money, so I had to work hard. I had multiple jobs helping people, but even in the midst of it, I got better grades. But even with that, I was rejected for an internship program because I didn't have the recognized recommendations. So I tried to apply for a master's in nutrition, the hardest pathway for a health license in Puerto Rico. I met a girl that was going to help me to apply to the master's program. When I checked with the university, the girl forgot and never gave my paperwork for a loan application. So I looked at the sky and told God, I believe, and I stayed at the entrance crying, but something told me, don't move, it's your dream. So by faith, 
I just stayed. I can't explain why. But a dream for you from him will make you do things that you can't explain. Isn't that the truth? Uh, sometimes you do things you can't explain. A lady saw me. She asked me, what are you, what are you holding? I told her, these are my manuscripts and my loan application, but I missed the deadline. She told me, give me the papers. I told her while I was having doubts, but my little bit of faith was there too. I told the lady, it's okay. I missed the chance. I'll apply next semester. She told me, no, you have good grades. I believe you're meant for big things. And I, you are accepted, by the way, because I am the dean of the college. I cried and told her, but I can't afford it. I missed the loan deadline. I can't. She said, no, your debt is paid and you will be my personal assistant and I will pay you extra to work with me. That was my first step to the dream. Amen. My dad got a little better in health and told me you have to pursue more. God has great things for you. My dad was a military man and was very shy with expressing his emotions, but he had his, the shine in his eyes and with no strength somehow, he secretly applied for a doctoral program for me by accident. Yeah, by accident. Yeah, that happens. By accident, I got into the highest program and was accepted in the most exclusive one. I was the only nutrition student in Puerto Rico. My dad didn't know when he applied for me the mistake that he made. I thought, I thought, I can't. I'm a mommy. I've got multiple jobs. Suddenly, <clears throat> in Puerto Rico, my jobs got more complicated. Lots of part-time jobs. I was exhausted, but I kept thinking, I have a word from the Lord. I believe I'm not going to drop this. I'm not going to give up. I have a purpose. I was praying and went to church where I was serving, even when I was extremely tired, but always with a smile. Then my pastor said, I want to keep you, but you must go. <laughs> That's interesting, right? <laughs> you got to go. I forgot for a moment that I saw a great job opportunities and I applied in Florida for lower positions than the ones I did in Puerto Rico. But these were full-time with better benefits, no more multiple jobs while I studied, but doubts came again. I thought, I barely can speak English. I have to go online for my education and I'm not that brave. Suddenly, the next day, a person called me from Florida. Don't you like all these suddenlies and by accidents? Suddenly, a person called me from Florida and said, I'm hiring you, but I'm not going to hire you for what you applied for. I'm going to hire you as a director, not in a lower position. I'll wait for you. I remembered my dream and my prayers were answered. My parents were proud and my professors agreed to let me finish online. Somehow I managed English, but sometimes the last storm is the hardest one. I lost both of my parents before finishing my studies. So I stopped and decided to drop everything. But God had a way of continuing to put a little fire in my heart. It was a God-given dream. So therefore, it had a purpose. So I started my PhD thesis 
Again, after being near the end, starting all over. Now I'm graduating. I succeeded in everything I studied. I can't explain with barely no time. I don't think it was only because of my hard work, but also because of my little bit of faith that kept me walking and pursuing my God-given dream. God has a beautiful plan for everyone, and it's holding close to him no matter the circumstances. He made me walk in the waters because I kept my eyes on him. And two weeks ago, this young lady defended her thesis, and she was awarded an earned PhD. Could I introduce to you Dr. Janice Pudiah? All right, Janice, would you come up? Well, we're very proud of you, Janice. Well done. Thank you. Um, I'm still like in shock, <laughs> as you can see. All I can say is that nothing is impossible for him. You have to believe in your heart and just just trust your heart, trust your dream, and he will make it happen. Thank you so much. Awesome. And, and if I understand, uh, you're working at the hospital in the villages and in Leesburg. Yes, I'm, I'm working for the Villages Rehab, and I serve all the hospitals of wow. University of Florida and also the Villages Hospital. Well, I want you to know we're proud of you, and your dream has been started, and now you're going to walk into it, right? Amen. All right. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Uh, isn't that awesome? That's just so awesome. And I know as we've been, uh, you know, I had several people between services tell me, say, this, this series has just done more for me. Uh, and it's really helped me in the area of, of walking into my dreams and understanding that God hasn't given up on me. So I know today many of you are living in your dream now. You're living on mission. Some of you are just starting or beginning to live the mission that God has for you. But I also know, even after we've been doing this for a half of a year, it seems like almost, right? Uh, we've been doing that, and we've got one more session that we're going to do next week, and you're going to love the testimony you hear next week. But here, here's what I know, that even though we've done all of the teaching, we've done all that, I know that there's still some of you who are saying, I still don't know. I'm still struggling. I feel like... I've lost my dream. I, I, I'm not walking in my dream. I'm not doing what God wants me to do. I have a word for you today. I, I, we purposely did today's notes with no fill-ins because I believe today's teaching is going to be a, a, a word from God to you that maybe it's not about your dream, but it's maybe it's something you've been praying for, something that you thought you were going to believe in and hasn't happened. I believe God has got a word for everyone that's here today that simply says, I want to restore to you what has been stolen, what has been shortcutted, and I'm the God that can do that. So turn to Psalm 126, and we're going to read that and look at that. But before we do, let me give you a little background to Psalm 126. It's a song of remembering. Uh, the, the nation of Israel, Zion, had lost their dream 
because of rebellion. Remember, God called them out. You're my chosen people. I'm going to lead you into promised land. But you remember the, the cycle of sin in their life? God would bless them. They would go away from God. They'd find themselves in bondage. They'd cry out to God, and God would deliver them. Well, that went on and on and on until it came to the place that God gave them up to the life that they had chosen to live, a rebellion of sin. And so God allowed the Babylonians to come in and to capture them and to take them and their dream into captivity for 70 years. But almost seemingly overnight, the Persian empire came in, routed the Babylonian empire without hardly a battle. And King Cyrus of the Persian empire said, I'm gonna let those of you that wanna go back to Jerusalem, I want you to go back. And here's what basically he's saying. He didn't know he was saying this. I know your dream has been put on hold for 70 years, but I'm gonna allow you to go back and redeem and renew that dream if you would like to do that. And so Psalm 126 is a song of remembering. And it's a song about remembering the faithfulness of God. And as they would walk up the steps to the temple in Jerusalem to worship God, they would literally sing this song. It was a song of reminding them that once their dream was dead, but now their dream is alive and God is restoring everything that he promised that, it, that they saw that the enemy and because of their own unfaithfulness destroyed. So look at this Psalm 126. It's a song that they sang. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, in other words, it wasn't the king of Persia that let us go, it was the Lord. The Lord finally heard our cry and showed us mercy, even though we didn't deserve mercy. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, or the people of Israel, the people of God, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, our tongue was singing, they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing a seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him, or bringing in the harvest." During the long years of being in slavery, they dreamed of returning home. And now that they were returning home, it was almost like a dream. So if you forget everything else I say today, I want you to forget, I want you to remember this next sentence. I'll say it about two or three times and you can write it down however it fits you best. Here it is. Refuse to allow your present circumstances to limit your vision for your future potential. I know it's a long run-on sentence. Somebody could say it's shorter, but I want to say it that long because it says everything I believe. So let me say it again. Refuse to allow your present circumstances to limit your vision for your future potential. One last time. Refuse to allow your present circumstances to limit your vision for your future potential. Some of you may be sitting here today and you say, my present circumstances sure doesn't say I'm ever going to fulfill the dream that God has given me. 
If I go by what I see right now, there's no way that God is ever going to answer this and God is never ever going to let me see what I believe that he wants to do. So let's look at this passage verse by verse, verse, verse by verse, verse one. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion or back from us, our, the church, we were like those who dream. In other words, David is saying, we couldn't believe our own eyes or ears. It was like a dream. It was like, some of you know what I'm talking about. Like when you heard Dr. Janice's story, it sounds good, right? Dr. Janice, right? We got to get used to that. When you heard her story, it's like when she was telling us about that, it was like she was saying, but I have to pinch myself now to think that I have an earned PhD and I struggle with English. I had all of these other setbacks and it's like, it's like I'm living a dream and, and I can't explain it. It's, it's unbelievable. And that's what God wants to say to you today. He's simply saying, I haven't given up on you. There's gonna be a time when I'm gonna restore that dream that I had given you a long time ago and you're gonna say, oh, this is like, this is like a dream. I, I, I can't believe I'm living like this. I, I love it. The word dream here is a very interesting Hebrew word. The word dream here is not like, well, you went to sleep last night and you had a dream that was a nightmare, right? This word dream here is not talking about that. The word dream here means health, to be restored, full of vitality, to experiencing life and wholeness. Here's what it's saying. We once were down and out, but now we're up. We were once finished, but now we're just beginning. Now we have strength, we have wholeness, we have vitality. It's like Paul said in Corinthians, we're knocked down, but we're not knocked out. That's what you gotta see yourself today, that God wants that to happen to you. And it says that he brought back the captivity of Zion. Probably a better translation there is he restored. He restored us. The Hebrew word there, bring back in, from captivity or restore, means to rewind. It means to rewind. You, you, sometimes you see something on TV and you want to rewind it so that you can see it again. But I think it's really critical for us, for he says here, to bring back or to restore or rewind. Because God is not saying you blew it because of sin you lost the dream, and now you don't have the original dream, I'm gonna to have to give you a lesser dream. But God is saying to you today, for whatever reason the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy your dream, God says, I'm gonna rewind back to the original dream, and I wanna restore that to you, and I wanna bring you back to what I wanted to do in your life at the very beginning. I believe what God is saying to someone that's here today, I know it looks impossible right now. I know it looks like your dream has been stolen, but I'm still God and I'm still in charge and I can bring your dream back to your life. If you believe that today, give him a hand clap and say amen, amen, amen. And I know, I've been there too, I, I've been there. In that spot where you're going through pain and sorrow and difficulty, and you start to settle. And you say, well, shucks, I guess it's always gonna be this way. 
I remember, I remember when, when I used to be there with God and I remember the dream. I remember what he was doing in my life, but that, that dream has been stolen, so I'll just settle. Yeah, I could go ahead and get my PhD, but I'll just, I'll just settle for a, a, another job. And there's nothing wrong with different levels. I hope you hear that, unless that's God's purpose and destiny for you. But I'm saying to you today, don't settle for anything less than the full vision that God has for your life. Verse 2, it said, then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. Actually, the word there in Hebrew is renah, which means rejoicing, shouting, a loud uh, triumph. Then they said among the nations, look at this, look at this, this is really cool. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for him. Listen to me today. There's going to be a time when people look at you and say, no way, no way. How, how, is, how has this dream come to pass? I remember when you were down and out. I remember when you had nothing. I remember when you were crying and you thought this was the end, but look at you now. And that's what he's saying. People around you that maybe made fun of you, laughed at you and thought there'd be no way that you'll ever fulfill that dream that God has given you. They are the ones that are going to say, I can't believe what God has done for your life. Amen. Wow. That's so awesome. And he says, he's bringing back your laughter. Yeah. You ever been, you ever, you ever been in a, a room and somebody's telling a, a joke, is telling something funny, everybody's laughing, and then somebody that wasn't in the room, they come in the room and say, what are you guys laughing about? And you'd say, you had to be there. You had to be there. You see, this laughter is not, you can't, you can't laugh about something in the past. You have to be there. You can't laugh about something in the future, but it's the present where you're locked in on the present. And so he says, I'm going to restore. You've been whining. You've been crying. You've been talking bad about how that'll never happen, talking about your life. But he said, I'm going to reawaken your ability to laugh. They say that kids laugh three to 400 times a day. And some of you that are parents or grandparents will say, yeah, mine's about a thousand, right? <laughs> but when we become adults, the average adult laughs only 15 to 20 times a day. And some of you hardly ever laugh. Hardly ever laugh. It's been a while since you just laughed. Since you had one of those belly laughs. I'm telling you today. As uh, Jennifer said a few minutes ago, if my daughter, and I'm in a crowded room, and if my daughter says my voice, I know where she is. But I'm going to tell you today, just as a mother hears the voice of her kid, your heavenly father wants to say to somebody today, you've been down and out long enough. I want to restore your laugh. I want to restore that laugh. There's something about the power of laughter. One of my good friends, and you know, Pastor Casey Treat's been here, and you know this story of how that he overcame cancer and God healed him, and he, he applied everything that he could to the treatment. 
He took what the doctors recommended. He took uh, massage therapy. He took chiropractic treatment. But one of the things Casey said that I, he said I did, because laughter doth good like medicine. That's what Proverbs says. He said, when I was sick and had a horrible diagnosis, he said, I never let my, any of my kids see me take a shot. I kept that medicine away. I didn't want them to see that. I didn't want that to be part of who I was. He said, I rented. This was before Netflix and all the other, right? He said, I rented old black and white hilarious comedies. And he said, I'd lock myself in my office and I'd play those one after another. And he said, I'd make myself laugh because there's a healing power about laughter. I'm here to tell you today, some of you on your way home today, you better strap your seatbelt in because God wants to restore a spirit in laughter where it's only been doubt, out, doubt, doubt, doubt. Verse three, the Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Now here's what's so good. He said in the, in the previous verse, the people around me that thought I would never see the fulfillment of this dream, those are the people that pointed at me and said, wow, look what God's done for you. But in this verse, he said, we're the ones who say, look at us. See what God has done for us. We weren't able to do this ourselves. Only God was able to do this. He says in verse four, he's gonna bring back our captivity. A better translation says he's going to restore our fortunes. He's going to bring us back to that place of abundance. He says, as the streams in the south. To the south was the area of the Negev, which is extremely dry. It's a desert. It's a desolate place. But every once in a while, in that dry, desolate, barren place, there would come rain. And almost overnight, in the rain, there would be flowers and there would be things that would grow where once it was just a barren place. This passage says, when God restored us in that barren, hopeless areas of our life, we began to experience the rain of God's blessings and things began to grow in us that have been dead and barren for a long time. I'm going to tell you today, some of you have been drought stricken, but God is going to open with his invasion of grace and he's going to rain down grace and blessings upon you to your destiny. And then he says in verse five, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Someone said tears are liquid prayers. There's tears of sadness. There's tears of gladness. There's tears of joy. There's tears of surprise. Some of you, some of you feel like that you've been 70 years in showing and shedding tears. But God is saying here, not one of those tears that you shed if you kept your heart right. Did you hear me? If you kept your heart right. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Not one of those tears that you shed, if you kept your heart right, will go unnoticed by the Lord. You see what those tears are? Those tears are seeds of your future. Those tears are seeds for something new. In this passion, he says, God has the ability to reawaken those dreams, sowing in tears, reaping in joy, sowing in tears, reaping in joy. God's promise. You see, the enemy has come. The enemy does, one, does something like this. The enemy comes to what? Steal, 
kill, and destroy, right? John 10 and 10. Let me read you that verse. You know it. If you know it, say it with me. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. He says, you're living in a world today in which that you can live 50 to 80, 90 years, but if, unless you have a purpose of destiny, a sense of mission, your dream has died, and you're just coming to the end of your life, and you've never lived abundantly because you've allowed the enemy to steal, kill, or destroy. So, a few weeks ago when I talked about this, I talked about things that steal your dream. I just felt like this week as I studied and praying that I needed to go back over those. What steals your dream? What does the enemy use to steal, kill, and destroy your dream? Well, he used, first of all, delay. Remember in the, in the, when Daniel uh, prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and it was, what, 21 days before the answer came. But the answer came and it said this, the Lord heard your prayer on the first day that you prayed, but we've been in battle in the heavenlies over that answer to come through. Some of you have been blaming God. God, why? Why have you delayed? Why has it taken so long for me? Why have I going through this? Why am I where, where I am? And sometimes in the midst of that delay, you let the enemy steal your dream because it hasn't happened in the time frame that you want. Another is complaining. You say, I'm holding to my dream, but all you do is complain. Notice with Joseph. Joseph was thrown in the pit. Remember that? He had a dream. God gave him a dream. When he went into Potiphar's house, all of a sudden, he had a dream going the other direction. I threw you guys off. I'm not ready, but you can go ahead and get ready. <clears throat> You're right. You're You're fine. I like a little music to help me. Can you do some of that Hammond B3 organ to help in the past? Can you do me a T.D. Jakes uh, organ? I don't know. I'm, I'm saying this because I, I, I didn't have this in my notes in the first service, so okay? Just bear with me. In the first service, it was either my zipper was down or my mic was off, and it was my mic, so I will worry about that. You had to be there. But the amazing thing, what's amazing is that this morning as, as Anita was getting ready, she listens to several different speakers and she's listening to Joel and she's listening to Joyce. And both of them were talking about Joseph today and I'm talking about a little bit about Joseph, but talking about this, he never gave up his positive attitude. Even when people did him bad and put him down, he still had an attitude of being up. One of the things that the enemy uses to steal your vision is when you get sidetracked and it looks like you're not having the fulfillment of the dream that you want and go in the other direction, in the midst of all of that, in the midst of all of that, Joseph never started complaining. Even when his brothers came and, 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 and all that, he said, you did this because for one reason, but God put me where I am so that my dream can be fulfilled. So don't allow the enemy to steal, kill, or destroy your dream. The dream that God has given you. You see, if your dream is so small that it's only about you, 
It's not a God-given dream. Joseph, after, after the boy's dad died, the boys came to him, his brothers, and said, now we fear that you're going to get revenge on us because we did you wrong. And Joseph's saying, what do you mean you did me wrong? God used what you did to place me in Egypt, not just for my salvation and my family's salvation, but so that generations that we live, that will live after us, Joseph lived 110 years, so that generations after us will be blessed by what God did. So here's what I'm gonna tell you today. Some of you, God has given a dream that's not just about you, but it's gonna be a dream that affects so many different people. I think of the doctors that we have in this house. Our doctors are unusual in this house because they're doctors that have a heart that they wanna help people. When I go to see my doctor, Dr. Greg, I might as well figure if I'm not the first one in, I'm gonna be late getting in to see him. You know why? Because he takes time for people. Because he doesn't have a profession. He has a calling of God on his life to make a difference in people. You see, that's a difference in a regular dream and a God-given dream. A God-given dream simply says, I realize God gave me this dream to benefit other people and not for myself. So there's a legacy that you leave when you fulfill that dream that God has for you. God is saying today, I want to restore what the enemy has stolen from you. Jesus overcame the enemy. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. And what is he saying to you? Don't let that dream fade. It's a dream that I've given you to make a difference in this world. Maybe you're here today and you say, Terry, I, uh, I, I used to really, this dream used to really motivate me, but I gotta be honest. I've been fighting battles and I've been going through difficulties and I've been experiencing things and I've almost lost my dream. And I know I've lost the ability to just laugh. I know I've lost that. And I'd like for you to pray for me today because I want God to restore my destiny, my dream. And I want God to restore that ability to just laugh at situations. Or maybe you say today, you know what? This really spoke to me. And I want to apply this to my heart this week. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, let me pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands going up all over this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And those of you that are watching online. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Let me pray for us this morning. Father, I thank you. Wow. Thank you for your spirit that we sense here. I thank you, Lord, for this word from Psalm, this song of deliverance. And Lord, I just thank you today that some that have been down and out with their dream, it's not going to be long till they say, wow, I just can't believe that God has done this. So Lord, I'm praying for strength and I'm praying especially, Lord, that you would restore the ability to laugh because my present circumstance is not indicative of my future. Lord, thank you that in the face of everything the enemy points that it's bad, we can just laugh. Say, why? Because we know you wrote the last of the story and you win. And if we hold to you, we win. As you continue to pray this morning, maybe you're here, you're watching online 
and you've never invited Jesus into your heart and into your life. I mean, you've gone to church. All your life you've gone to church, but it's never been the place where you just simply said, I'm, I'm, I'm believing in Jesus. The Bible says there's only one way to get to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. There's one way, and his name is Jesus. God loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to this earth. Jesus lived a sinless life. He experienced every temptation and trial that you and I would ever face. And he went to the cross voluntarily to die for your sins and my sins. Now, he's already paid the price, but you have to cash the ticket in. And the way you cash the ticket in is you say, Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. And I invite you into my heart and into my life. The scripture says, if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, I can be saved. So today, I want to pray for you. The Holy Spirit is knocking at your heart's door. Maybe years ago, you were, close to, you were close to Jesus serving him, but you've gone away from him. I want to pray for you today. Those of you who've never invited Jesus into your heart, into your life, let me pray with you today. Would you do this right now as the church is praying? Would you just raise your hand and make eye contact with me and say, pray for me today. I need Jesus. I need this today. I need him in my life. I need to dedicate him. Thank you. Others today say, that's me. That's me. I need Jesus. I need Jesus in my heart and in my life today. Just raise your hand. Those of you watching online, raise your hand and say, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let me lead you in a prayer. Let's pray this prayer together. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. I believe that he was raised on the third day. And as best as I know how, I want to serve him all the days of my life. Fill me with your spirit in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us. If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make, and we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352 329-2301. That's 352-329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.